listen to one that maybe you missed. But yeah, look at Genesis 1 before we go to Job 38, if you would. Because I want us to see something on day 2 of creation from Genesis 1 before we get into our lesson today. I'm sorry, I barely got enough handouts. I think I made 14 and... So I think everybody, and those of you that may not know, uh, this is Angie and I's daughter over here. This is our Sarah, and um, so she's visiting from uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Is that near Austin? Is that where it's closest, maybe? An hour north of Austin. But anyway, she's got our two granddaughters, and uh, she's heading back to Texas after church today. But anyway, her her oldest granddaughter went to a church camp. I, I don't know if any of you... Did Amy go to church camp this year? So good. Uh, so they just got back Friday, and uh, that was a good time. Right after the song service this morning, our youth is going to be on stage, and a few of them are going to give a testimony. So make sure you're able to stay and hear that. Uh, I know one young man got saved, and uh, I think four young people from... We our church camp combined with a church in uh, Illinois, uh, the Mammoth Illinois Church, and so there was about fifty or sixty kids and twenty or thirty adults, and so yeah, they had yeah, and uh, so anyway, it's it's a good time, and so Ella, Sarah's daughter Ella went, and so that was her first time at camp. But uh, anyway, I want to read to you from Genesis chapter one. And uh, verse 5 talked about uh, the evening and the morning were the first day. And then in verse 6 is where I thought we would pick up. And uh, I think Emmett, I usually, let me start with Emmett again. Emmett's our, uh, our starting point. Would you, would you read uh, verses 6 through 10, I think? Of Genesis. Of Genesis 1, yeah. God said, Let there be firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God told the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning of the second day, and God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters shall be seas, and God saw this good. Yeah. Is that yep. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, on day two here, uh, he made this firmament, and in verse eight, God called the firmament heaven, and uh, uh, I think it's day day four when he makes the sun and the star. But but th- there's a firmament. <clears throat> And uh, I think I think that definition of firm is like a beaten out expanse, but but 
uh, he calls it heaven here and uh, it's really the second heaven we, we have a we have a heaven down here where the birds are at and so he, it said there that God divided the waters below from the waters above and and that's probably why I drew this here because in Job 38 it's going to talk about the deep and some waters and uh, and and of course uh, we're going to see that the third heaven the Bible actually talks about the third heaven in the New Testament and that uh Paul the Apostle was caught up to the third heaven. And uh, we, we believe that is the abode of God. And so when we, we tell somebody, you know, if you were to die today, do you know if you go to heaven or hell? That That's what we're talking about. Is would you be with the Lord if you were to die today? And so uh, there's these three heavens. And, and uh, sometimes it talks about the moon and the stars being like the host of heaven. And sometimes the angels are the heavenly host. And so sometimes this... Uh, these uh, moon and stars, you know, are the uh, and and the sun are they're in the the heaven. And so we're we're going to talk about all this a little bit today. But I want you to see this this thing about this being the firmament, the second heaven, uh, and that it, it divides the waters from the waters, the, the waters that are on the earth. And uh, it said there that Emmett read that uh, he he put the waters in one place, and that the dry land was called earth. So uh, that that's kind of important too. Uh, so anyway, and and the other thing I wanted you to see about this day too, it's the only day of of the of the seven days that God does not say it was good. That's a pretty. Sometimes you can learn what the Bible. You can learn a lot about God from what it doesn't say as well as what it does say. And uh, it doesn't say that that day was good. And and partly the reason we think that is because uh, we know that Lucifer fell, and uh, and so God uh, God uh, cast him out of the third heaven with his angels, and. Uh, so, so when you see him in the Bible, it says he's walking to and fro and up and down in the earth. So, this and this is kind of the devil's domain. He 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 can't go into the third heaven because God is of two pure eyes. He cannot look upon iniquity, and so he is quarantined off that he can't that the devil doesn't go there. And so maybe that's why the second day is not good, is because this is kind of the domain of of the devil. What, what were you thinking, Kevin? I was uh, thinking, you know, uh, in Job, uh, the the devil goes up and he's sitting there talking to God. Yes. And like, would he be talking to God from Earth, or would he? So, he like hit his door and knock it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, well. I won't even I won't even name names, but if you've ever been in a courtroom and they they bring in, so I mean. They have the door where, you know, visitors and family can come in and sit in a courtroom and there's the judge and the lawyers. But then, but then they bring in, uh, inmates like in shackles and have them set in a different area. It's kind of quarantine. 
they say in, in old time jails they might have like an individual jail cell in the courtroom and the inmate would have to be in there so something like that is probably how it says that uh, the devil, that Satan and the sons of God were in the presence of God. And so some way they were in his presence, but still isolated from him. So still still quarantined. But that, that is a good question and very, very thought-provoking, isn't it? Just to think how all that went down. Uh, so now go to Job. And uh, we, we just went through the first eight verse or the first seven verses of Job 38 last week. But uh, anyway, I'm hoping to add a little bit uh, to our picture on the board as we go through this. Uh, so if you're in Job 38, uh, look, look now at your handout. And uh, I give you guys a quote from Charles Spurgeon today. And uh, we think of Job, we think of a man who greatly suffered. And I think Job's name means one who was persecuted. And uh, Spurgeon here says, many men, many men owe the grandeur of their lives to their tremendous difficulties. And so maybe some of us here could say amen to that, that some of our difficulties and our struggles and trials have made us who we are. And that Charles Spurgeon observed that as well. But then under your uh, Roman numeral one, these questions about water... I, I gave you a couple notes there that uh, Job 38 through 42 is the longest section in the Bible that records God speaking. And so, hey, hey, I know you. I know you. I can't remember your name though. Larry. Larry. That's right. Not much, Jimmy. Hey, Sarah, can you uh, let uh, Larry sit in here? Larry's good, man. Good to see you. How you doing? Good to see you. You're find that truck. Hey Angie, get me a water, would you? Hi. Yeah, good to see you, man. See, yeah, we're in Job 38, Larry. Job 38. Yeah. All right. And uh, we just talked that that he's a man who uh, suffered greatly, and but uh, we're in the section of the Bible where God is actually speaking to Job, and. there's you know three or four chapters here that God is speaking and so anyway I know some of us have you know like red letter Bibles where Jesus is speaking and I really think it'd be cool if if you know we made a a Bible where you the words of God were in purple or something you know I, it's something I, I maybe they have such a thing I don't know and then uh I put your other note there that there's approximately 35 questions in chapter 38. So chapter 38 and 39 of Job. Uh, hey Sarah, <clears throat> help Larry a little bit there just to trying, get where we're at. I'm trying to figure no, out. No, that's all right. Okay. That's all right. So in Job 38, uh, Pam, would you read for us uh, verse 8 and 9? Yeah, so this uh, this thing about who who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as a darn it, I just spilled some water on my 
Oh, the new carpet? No, no, no. <laughs> now it's on my notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Break out the steam garden. Uh, you know, I forget. I forget who quoted this. That they think Job is like the greatest literary literary work of all time. And uh, I, I wouldn't argue with that. But, uh, you know, uh, my wife has had two children. And, you know, if, when, when you go into the hospital to deliver a child, normally they'll ask you if your water's broken. Um, I think that happened with us when, when we went in. and Or maybe on the phone, or maybe you communicate, yeah, my water just broke, and so they're like, you better get here. But God uses that analogy of the seas and the waters thereof that, uh, you know, with flooding and as if it had issued out of the womb. And I thought we might just take a minute here and go to John chapter 3 because it says something very similar. If you can hold your place here, look at John 3. And I know different uh, churches kind of interpret this in a different way, but I want you to just read it for like face value here in John 3. And it's really verses 5 and 6. John 3, verses 5 and 6. It's pretty common uh, verses. And uh, Suzanne, would you read 5 and 6 of John 3? Jesus answered, Very, very, I said unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of so, so verse 6 kind of interprets verse 5 because Christ is telling Nicodemus that unless or except a man be born again, uh, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And he says, except a man be born of water and of spirit. So there's a water birth and there's a spiritual birth. And verse 6 says... That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That, that's our physical birth. I think everybody would, can see that, at least logically. So, I mean, everyone here is born of water. We, we've, we've all been born from our mother's womb. We've uh, been in the is it amniotic fluid, the, the water's in the womb. And so when the water breaks, it's time to give birth and for the child to come out. And uh, and so it is with the spirit. Likewise, if if you're saved, you've been born again, right? And the spirit is like living waters, and and in in a way we're born of uh, that Holy Spirit. It's really beautiful, isn't it, to, to to think about how this works? He's comparing the the physical birth with the spiritual birth. And so when we're in Job now again, I just think of that as it talks about waters coming out of the womb. And uh, Jesus himself said similar things in John 3 about being born again. Huh? Okay, go ahead and say it. Marvel not on marbles, not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Yeah, yeah, you must. It, 
if uh, if you're gonna have spiritual life, yeah, Jim. So it's even cool, like looking at your picture when Jesus came to Earth, he passed through the second heaven. He pa- he also passed through the water. Yeah. Not through an earthly mother. Yeah. Through. He did. Yeah, it's really wild, and I've even heard, you know, like like at the rapture when we meet the Lord in the air, you know, we get through. We we kind of in a way get baptized when we go to heaven to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So, uh, yeah, very. So anyway, all of this is very thought provoking, and uh, you know you. You think it's, it sounds kind of wild for waters to be in outer space, but look look at Psalm 148. We're we're close by there. Job's Psalm. It's the next book over, right by Job is Psalm. And go to chapter 148. Yeah. It's all right. And in in verse one, we'll just read one through four. It says, "Praise ye the Lord! Praise ye the Lord from the heavens! Praise Him in the heights! Praise ye Him, all His angels! Praise ye Him, all His hosts!" So that that's in uh, the third heaven where where God's at. And it says, "Praise ye Him, sun and moon! Praise ye, praise Him, all ye stars of light!" That's kind of the second heaven. In verse four, "Praise Him, ye heavens of heavens!" And ye waters that be above the heavens, so that's that's kind of saying there's there's waters above the heavens. So uh, so we've seen that a couple times here, and it it fits with our uh, illustration on the board. <clears throat> and so I hope everybody's okay. We're we're just going to kind of go slow through Job 38. I think I'm going to make another week of it uh, next week. And so, uh, even if we don't get all through the handout, I, I thought we might just go slow enough that, it, you know, it's important enough. God Himself is speaking here, right? So this is kind of, I mean, all the Bible is God's Word, and here, here's actually His voice being recorded for us. What was that first line? Uh, the word womb. Yeah, that's a good question. I try to give you your blanks here. That one's about dead. All right, so Job 38 and verse 9 that Pam read for us, uh, it kind of comes back to this cloud. It says, When I made the cloud the garment thereof, and thick darkness a swaddling for it. So, you know, historically moms would wrap their, their babies in swaddling clothes, and so it's like God kind of clothed the heavens with, with clouds and darkness, and He's concealed some things. And uh, so several times in Job we've talked about cloud, rather being like a puffy cloud we see in the day sky, or maybe be like this nebulous clouds in the stars that we've seen on the video. But then in verses 10 and 11, uh, Kevin, will you read that? Job 38, 10 and 11. And break up for... Uh, it's, it's my decreed place to set bars and doors and said hitherto shalt thou come but no further and here shall the true way, proud waves be stayed 
Yeah, so these are kind of some wild description here, some proud way that kind of personifies some things. And uh, anyway, you know, no, no matter how... Has anybody ever been to Niagara Falls? I went once. Nobody else? Have you been there? One of the things that surprised me is how loud it is. It's like a six foot tall wall of water that flow it breaks uh it's so loud it's deafening if you know fall the hundred and some feet and uh but you know if you've ever been to the ocean and you see big waves crashing I mean these are like big boisterous waves but you know they can't go past the coast. It's like God put a boundary on all these things and so it's it, God God did the same thing with nature. He he put boundaries and uh, he's got an order to everything, and rather he talks about bars and doors. And even in uh, Genesis 7, the flood of Noah, it talks about the windows of heaven. So I, I had you put the word windows in your next blank, if you want to put that in there. And so basically my teaching point on this little section was most of these are rhetorical questions that really only God knows the answers to these things. So even though God is questioning Job, and it's good for us to ask these questions, you know, where were we when he laid the foundation of the earth? And who shut up the sea? And who put these doors? And well, God, only you did that. So, I mean, he's just showing his majesty and his uh, who, who he is in these verses. Uh, any Any other thoughts before we go to this next section? Anthony, you said it looked like you're thinking. I know some of this may be new, but uh, hopefully, uh, and and so, some of it you have to hear several times before you can maybe uh, kind of get your head around it before you could communicate it to others. But this next section here talks about the sun, and so uh, Nicole or Heather, uh, Heather, why don't you read verse 12 for us? Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days, and caused the day spring to know his place? Yeah, and if you remember, Jim taught us about Hebrew poetry. You know, we think of poetry almost like a rap song that has to rhyme and has some. But Hebrew poetry, they they have, they call it uh, parallelism, where they lay one idea against another idea, and and they link them with this little word and. So, so in verse twelve, it talks about commanding the morning, and cause the day spring to know his place. So, it's kind of a complementary or. Uh, you know, the, the second half kind of defines the first half that this day spring is the morning. It, it's talking about the sun here. And uh, we, we know that, uh, you know, only God can control the sun. You know, there's a place in uh, the book of Joshua where God uh, made the sun, He stopped the earth from turning and held the sun in the sky for it says about a day it's like the sun because Joshua needed more sunlight to defeat his enemy so God stopped the sun for about a day it says yeah for three hours it went dark when Christ died that's right and so uh, 
Uh, does anybody know what Malachi 4.2 says? I don't think I, put, I didn't print it on there. But it's a reference to Christ. Well, we're close by. It's right at the end of your Old Testament. Look at Malachi 4.2. It makes it kind of a neat statement here. There's at least one place, maybe two or three places in Psalms but uh, that says that God is a son, S-U-N, and he's a, he's a consuming fire. But in Malachi 4, 2, uh, Nicole, can you find that one? I don't think so. Yeah, it's right at the end. Go to Matthew and then turn left. Put you on the spot, didn't I? 4-2. Anthony, you'll like this. Some people call Malachi the Italian prophet. He was, some say Malachi <laughs> instead of Malachi. The great day of the Lord. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evil doers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. One more. Oh, uh, yeah, one more. Uh, but for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its hands. Yeah, uh, does, does your Bible say S-U-N? Son of Righteousness. Yes. Yeah. And and ours does too. Uh, uh, but ours says healing in His wings. So it kind of personifies the Son being righteous. And it's a rising with healing. And so anyway, that, that is true you know, in a natural way that uh, the Son provides life to this planet and healing. But uh, also there, there's, there's coming a time when... Uh, Christ, uh, I think I gave you a reference. He's actually the day spring. He's like the morning star that uh, arises in our hearts. And so uh, I put I put this in your next blank. Just uh, you know, God can. Uh, you know, Job doesn't control when the sun rises, but you can also think about when Christ comes again. Uh, Christ says, you know, no man knows the day and the hour that he's going to come back. And so God controls when Jesus Christ is coming back for His people too. Amen. What do they call uh, Lucifer? It's kind of like the morning star. Uh, did I say that wrong? There's one that's son of the morning, and the other one's. I think Lucifer's morning star. I'm not sure. If yeah, I apologize if I. No. I probably said that wrong. No, that's a, that's a good. That's the NIV, I guess. Good comment. So, if I said that wrong, please forgive me. But let's go back to Job 38. So there's just, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, uh, they, they say that words are the vehicle of thought. That, that's kind of an inner. So God is giving us words about His thoughts, and so we're we're trying to kind of uh, decode, decipher, understand these things that, that God is saying here. 
in verse 13 it says uh, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth that the wicked might be shaken out of it and then verse 14 says it is turned as clay to the seal and they stand as a garment and uh, you know the as uh, I get, I, I've got another picture here I wanted to show you guys see if I can get my computer to come back on uh, it's talking about the earth turning as clay on a seal and so this is an ancient I think this is a Babylonian uh, cylinder seal um, you know you might have heard of like a king would seal maybe a, a document with his ring and so this is another way that, that they kind of recorded it they turn that they turn uh, you know this is a piece of clay and they would turn this stone they, they've etched something in it and it's going to make that impression in the clay and uh, it's saying that the earth is like that and it, it's turning and it's sealing and the, the light of the sun is for everyone and it, it's kind of documenting history as it turns. Uh, it's kind of a neat way to see that, isn't it? And that, that's what it says there in verse 14. It, it's turned as clay to the seal. And then it says they stand as a garment. So all these words are just uh, really, really cool, really kind of pregnant with meaning, aren't they? And then it says uh, in verse 15, uh, Anthony, are you there? Do you want to read that for us, brother? I'm not there. You're not there? Let me go to Sherry and I'll, I'll go this way. Okay. 38.15. And from the wicked their light is withholden, and the high arms shall be broken. Yeah, uh, so now it's talking about the wicked, and even though there's uh, light that uh, covers everyone, it's like that their heart is darkened and and uh, their high arm is broken. And there's a reference uh, when you talk about the arm. I mean, I can relate to this because I'm I'm kind of winged right now. Uh, I had sh- uh, rotator cuff surgery uh, four weeks ago, but. Uh, the Antichrist is is said to have a withered hand, and but arm has to do with strength, and so uh, the Lord, uh, because their hearts darkened, there's darkness. And I gave you even a verse. Do you see that Ephesians five eight? Uh, somebody, Kevin, can you look that up for us? Because I wanted us to see something about darkness there. Do you know uh, the Bible says that the, the God of this world uh, blinds the minds of the lost? And so uh, lost people are blinded to the glorious gospel of Christ. And in uh, Ephesians 5 8, Kevin, if you can. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. 
so, so what I thought was wild about that, it doesn't say sometimes you were in darkness. It says you were darkness. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, when we're lost, we're at enmity against God. And God is light. And uh, in Him there's no darkness at all. And so when we're lost, we're not only in darkness, we we are darkness. And we, we talk about we've done some dark things or we have a dark past. And... Uh, Anyway, uh, but now when we're saved, we, the light of the gospel, Christ is the light of the world. When we have Him, that we have, we have light, and His Word is that uh, lamp unto our feet and light unto our path, that we can grow and learn in Him. <clears throat> now, your teaching point there is: I gave you several things about. I did give you one reference where uh, God is a Son in Psalm 84. And Christ is the day spring from on high. In Luke 1, it says that. And then I gave you some facts about light itself. It travels approximately uh, 300,000 kilometers per second or 186,000 miles per second. Uh, Light is pure. It can't be defiled. Uh, Light is a constant. It doesn't change. They've done studies, I think, in a vacuum and with prism they can they can alter that some now but as a rule uh, and light draws attention to itself and light dispels the darkness or it replaces darkness and light brings hope and life those are those are true things about light aren't they it's good to uh, as God talks about light I wanted to we did a science experiment about light on the train, and they, they held like a flashlight off the side of the train. To and I guess just the speed of the train causes the light to slightly bend. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's what uh, you know. A prism can kind of make a rainbow and kind of yeah. change the light, uh, the frequencies. Well, now in. Uh, on your on your back page of your handout, we'll go to Job thirty eight sixteen through twenty one. We're starting verse sixteen in your Bibles thirty eight sixteen. And uh, Belinda, you want to read that for us? No, just 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 verse sixteen, I think. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in search of the depths? So now. Uh, you know, up until recently, they didn't really even know that there's springs in the sea, but there are springs in the bottom of the ocean, isn't there? And we, we've heard things like that. Um, so, I mean, th- these are things that... I de- springs here in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, we have natural springs, and yeah, sometimes you'll see water seeping up out of the ground, and... No, that's exactly that, and and there's some of those in the bottom of the ocean where, you know, uh, not salt water, but spring water can come up in the sea, and those warm rivers come back to life over there. That desert is it? Uh, I can't think of the name. It's not the Euphrates, is it? That's the one that's that's the one that's drying up. Yeah, yeah. The other ones coming to life. Huh. Uh, yeah, close. Huh. Well, they, there is a prophecy about uh, areas around Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, where the the Dead Sea is at. Uh, maybe it will flourish again. And uh, when we were over there, they, um, I didn't know this, but 
uh, one of the biggest crops in the middle in in Israel is dates, and I didn't know that dates come from palm trees. I didn't know that. And so they have, right by the Dead Sea, they have like one mile plots of of rows of palm trees and they harvest. And so they said it's like a big industry there and somehow they've figured out how to irrigate, maybe get the salt out of the water and irrigate these palm trees right by the Dead Sea. Yeah, it says it falls all this. The river's in. Zin. Z-I-N. And it flows to the huh. Dead Sea. Okay. I, di- I didn't know that. That's good. That's good, Kevin. That is the area. Where... expensive. Yeah. <laughs> they really weren't over there. I mean, there's... They're expensive. Are they? Yeah, it's like eight dollars a dollar a piece. Really? Wow, it's more than a Yeah. Now verse seventeen. Uh, Anthony, where do you do you have it now? Do you want to read that or? No, I'm not. Uh, okay. I didn't bring my glasses. Okay. I can't even see it. Uh, is, it is it Bobby? You want to read that? Uh, 3817. Have the gates of the death been revealed to you, or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Okay. Now we. Uh, we've, we've made comments about the shadow of death being. Something in the tribulation. What, what were you thinking, Belinda? Is this God questioning Job? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, it is. And of course, Job is speechless as we would be. And uh, these gates of death and doors of the shadow of death. Uh, and I think there is some literal geographic place that they call the shadow of death it's like a place that even no time of the day is there really any sun get to it so I think there is a literal place (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's dark there all day sometimes isn't it but uh, there is some place in the Middle East, and so they they reference that. But you know, Job is mentioned. I bet I bet that little phrase "shadow of death" is a half half a dozen times in the Book of Job, and uh, so Job felt like he was that close to death that the shadow of death was cast upon him. And uh, but it's also a reference to the tribulation time. And I gave you a couple references there, but uh, Sarah, it's good you're you're here today, my Sarah. This uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Revelation one eighteen talks. Christ says that He has the keys to death and hell. You know, when He rose from the dead, He He took the keys of death and hell, and. So we we homeschooled Sarah for the last three years of her high school, and I remember I taught you math and Bible, and we talked about this verse, and I'll never forget. I'll say, Sarah, what do you think that means? And she says, Well, it means that Jesus is the boss of it. If he if he's got the keys of it, I thought, man, that's the best commentary on Romans one eighteen. If you've got the keys to death and hell, you're the boss of it. And so. Uh, uh, so, you may not know this, but um, 
I know it's true in in like uh, in like Greek mythology that uh, hell is divided into two places, but it, it's so in the Bible too. It, it's got a, a death side, and it's got a a torment side, and uh, so so like the the Greek word for. Uh, Hell, or that the Hebrew word was Sheol. It's it's the place where the they're in torment, where the unbelieving, the faithless uh, people who didn't believe in God would go to a place of torment. But the death side is is where uh, believers would go because uh, Christ hadn't died; he hadn't made a way to go to heaven. So they were they were in paradise. They were in it's called Abraham's bosom, and people would die, and they'd be gathered to their people, and. Uh, <laughs> And so we, we believe what, what separates that is maybe the, like the bottomless pit. And so we, we believe that that's in the, in the center of the earth. And so what uh, Bobby read for us is that there's gates and there's doors there. Remember, remember Christ said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so, uh, so there, there's gates and I think I even give you one place here where there's bars. Yeah, my teaching point here, just some facts about hell. Uh, it has bars. So it's very similar. Prisons were designed after hell. <clears throat> and there's chambers there that uh, Proverbs talks about. Uh, there's some fallen angels that are in chains there. And then uh, the reference we had to Revelation, there, there's keys, there's gates, it's a place of darkness, it's a place of unquenchable fire, and it's eternal. And then uh, I put from Luke 16, it's a place of torment. So I had you put torment. And, uh, I missed before that. Did, oh, I did, didn't I? So I think I had the... E-E-R. <laughs> <Darn> it. <laughs> yeah, it's in Luke uh, 16. Was the the word? It's called a. Uh, the rich man died, and he went to hell, and he was in torment. There it says. Uh, I kind of got ahead of myself. Look back to verse 18, and uh, Sarah uh, Farr, would you read that? Um, Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if if thou knowest it all. Yeah, so Job Job didn't have a way of measuring the breadth of the earth. It's really hard to do today, but uh, there's it's nearly eight eight thousand miles across uh, at the equator. And it's nearly 25,000 miles around, so we we can measure it today. But uh, you know, Job Job maybe could have guessed, but uh, Job Job didn't know. And so anyway, all, all these things are just very. It's like God built it; He knows how big it is and how heavy it is. And and then in uh, verses verse 19, uh, Larry, do you want to read 19 for us? 19. Yeah. Where is the way where light dwelleth, and as for darkness, where is the place thereof? 
Yeah, so these are just kind of wild statements, but there's a way where light dwelleth, but there's a place for darkness. And uh, in Daniel it says that light dwells with God, so uh, we know a little bit about light. And then uh, hell is described as a place of outer darkness. So there's, uh, there is a, a place for darkness. And so God gives us day and night time to picture those things. We have a 24-hour day and kind of 12 hours of each, more or less. Um, and in verse uh, 20... Uh, our Sarah, yeah. That thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and that thou shouldest know the path to the house thereof. Yeah, and, and I guess I printed that Ephesians 5 verse there that Kevin read earlier that we were sometimes darkness, not, not in darkness, but we were darkness. But now ye are light in the Lord, and uh, walk as children of light. Uh, so anyway, it says the darkness have boundaries that, that Sarah read. There's boundaries of darkness, and there's uh, paths to the house thereof. Anyway, all this is just very descriptive. And and then uh, verse 21, it says, Knowest thou it because thou wast then born, or because the number of thy days is great? And so Job was probably an old man at this time, uh, as we would count uh, years, but you know nobody was born or around when all this was being created and started. So the obvious answer is is no. Uh, no, no matter how old you are, no one knows the answers to these questions. So well, we've got about ten minutes. Let's uh, finish this last section if we can. Uh, Angie, would you read verses twenty-two and twenty-three? Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? Yeah. I always think of that in winter when it's yeah. uh, treasures of the snow. Treasures of snow. Because kids love snow. Yeah. There's a lot of minerals in snow. Yeah, they have nitrogens in it. I know it's good for... Yeah. So it's very valuable things that are in like a square of snow. Huh. Yeah, I think it... It takes about ten inches of snow to be one inch of water. I've, I've heard that, and, but uh, so yeah, just uh, things about snowflakes. They're, they're unique, uh, but it represents purity. And, and I gave you the Isaiah one eighteen verse, and that, that's a verse that I memorized uh, one time. I don't I don't know if I could say it now. It's like, "Come now, let us reason together," saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be. Well, I think there's. They'll be as wool. Though they be as crimson, they shall be white as snow. So it, it does say white as snow. And uh, I know Kevin and I were talking about this one day that that uh, so your sins are scarlet and they're like crimson, uh, like like uh, like blood and dried blood. And uh, that the the dye that you get red red dye from is like uh, it's crushed from like a, a worm, 
And so anyway, just uh, it's very descriptive that you know Christ was crushed and by His blood we're we're made clean, we're washed in the blood, right? So it, it's kind of a almost a a. Uh, Oxymoron. It's like so. You're clean. You're clean. You're clean by the blood. Yeah. It shouldn't make you pure. Yeah. But that blood cleanses. Cleanses. Huh. Yeah. It's so. I really like that verse, uh, the Isaiah one eighteen, because God wants to read. You know, He's like, hey, my people, be reasonable. Your sins are are bloody. They're they're like scarlet, but. We want to make them as wool and white as snow. So entering into the treasures of snow is like entering into God's holiness. But the time of trouble, uh, that's a reference to the, the tribulation period. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. And... Uh, so that's that's the time that the Jews are being uh, purged and uh, making making them realize they've crucified their Messiah. And then uh, the la- the next to the last blank I gave you just the word hail, and that's a verse that Angie read there. That there's there's also a treasure of hail. And I gave you a couple reference uh, in Joshua. There was a battle where the, his enemies were like killed with hailstones, and it, it hailed pretty good here the other day, didn't it? And I've been outside when it—I mean, just a little hail hurts, doesn't it? But I, I think we've heard of hail killing cattle and some animals, and tears up our roofs and vehicles. I know that. Baseball size hail on the field too, Oh man! Yeah, it's coming a hundred mile an hour there. But uh, but it says it. Notice that he says it's reserved in verse twenty three. It's reserved against. So there's going to be a time of trouble this coming tribulation period, and hail hail is going to be involved there, as well as some snow. And so I gave you the verse from Revelation 18. It talks about hailstones the size of a talent. And a talent can be, uh, is, my understanding is like as much as a person could carry. It's about a 80 or 100 pound weight. So you can imagine a 100 pound hailstone coming a 100 miles an hour. It's going to crush a lot of, do some damage. So some of that's reserved into that. And then this... Uh, 25 through 27. I think, Emma, we're back to you, brother. Who have divided the water towards or the overflowing waters or away from the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is on the wilderness? Wherein there is no man. To satisfy the desert and waste ground, and cause the blood of the earth to spring forth. At the rain of water, for who hath begotten the rocks of deep? Yeah, thank you. And we, we may stop there. We, we just got a few minutes. I wanted to pause here because it talks about this wilderness where no man is. And uh, 
you know, in the, in the tribulation period, uh, the Bible talks about Jesus feeding his people supernaturally uh, for 42 months in the wilderness. And I know we've talked about this before, but let me... Uh, we think that... We think that... Uh, you know, Job is in the land of Uz, and we think it's right around this area here in in Edom, I believe it is. And this this uh, this place of Petra, this place of the rock, is uh, prophesied several times in the Bible. And so we we think that the Jews are going to flee to this, and you can tell it's a dry place. And uh, I forget which. But it's it's very well protected on all sides. I gave I pulled up like five different pictures here. I'll see if I can. I don't know if I can just scroll through them. Yeah. Uh, but we think that this could be a place where the Jews could flee in the tribulation period, and that God, you can tell, it's a desolate place. And I've heard that. There can be up to a hundred thousand people there, and so maybe that's about the size of the remnant of the Jews. So anyway, uh, I thought these were some really cool pictures. I, I wish we could have been there when we were in Israel. Uh, some of the expeditions go there. Yeah, that'll be next week there. Huh? The Jews own it right now. Uh, it's it's in Edom. I think that's part of Saudi Arabia. So I don't think it's. Uh, no, I don't think it's part of Israel right now. It's it's outside the border of Israel now. I thought it was part of Jordan. Is it part of Jordan? Uh, that's on the other side. Of... That's on the other side. I think it is. I think it's, I think it's south of that. Yeah, um, it's the book of Obadiah that talks about what he's talking about, how the Jews are going to flee the Antichrist and hide up. Put a hole up there and see the future. <coughs> Did you know in that uh, valley of shadow of death, um, they, they actually built like a monastery, carved it into the side of the uh, valley? Huh. At least that's what it showed. <laughs> Uh, say it again, Kevin. I was uh, the Valley of the Shadow of Death. They carved like a monastery. Oh, on the side of the wall. Okay, so they have a place called that. Yeah. Okay. If you Google Petra, it says Jordan. Okay. Yeah, and it shows you on the map. Well, it, it looks like it there too, doesn't it? Yeah, that's Jordan. Okay. That's a current current map. Yeah, I just Google it. Yeah, it's the same place as he's got a bird. Yeah, cool. There it is. Now this one. 150 miles south of both Jerusalem and Amish, the capital of Jordan, and about midway between Damascus, Syria, and the Red Sea. All right. Well, now those are good thoughts. Uh, I think the last blank I had you, I didn't give you that last blank, but that the word hoary means white white like me and me and Angie have hoary heads yeah. we have white heads yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs. 
Yeah, yeah. Pro- I gave you the verse there. For he had the crown of glory. Yeah. It'd be found in him. In, yeah. That's true. You have to qualify that. You have to qualify that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's stop there. I know that's that's a lot, and I think I'll I think I'll uh, kind of get a running start that next week, and hope, hopefully this is kind of understandable. Got uh, Larry and Bobby and Anthony. You guys haven't been here too much. We're glad you're here. Does this make sense a little bit? Start coming back. Are you good? You got a ride? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I ride. I rode with Brady this morning. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you're dependent on somebody, but uh, yeah, Bobby, everything kind of makes sense today a little bit. Anthony, you tracking with us? Yeah, I'll remember to bring my glasses next week. Yeah. I can see, I used to have eyes like Superman. Yeah. still do from a distance. Huh. Close up. Yeah. My yeah. I can't see them. We can't see them. Really? It's blurry? Yeah. Then up close, too. Really? It's so bad. Yeah. I'm We're fading. Well, good. Good. Well, I hope you do. Well, let's, uh, I'm going to hit my stop button. I don't know.